0: Well, good morning, Christian Life Center. How are you doing today? Wow, how many of you are excited for the Christmas experience? Anybody? Woo! It's gonna be a great time. I love Christmas. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving Thursday? Anybody? Just a couple of us. Thank you so much for joining us today Christian Life Center. My name is Pastor Chris. I'm the high school pastor. I have the great privilege and honor of working with all of our high school students. If you're in this room and you're not involved with what we do in high school, come on Sunday nights at 630. God's doing some awesome stuff. Well, today I'm going to talk about thankfulness. I'm going to talk about living a life of gratitude. So I just want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that you're thankful for them today. Come on. You guys look amazing after Thanksgiving. You look thinner after Thanksgiving. Come on. Somebody, you look like you lost weight over Thanksgiving. Come on, give it up for yourselves. You guys look amazing today, looking strong and fit, ready to receive the word today. Are you ready to receive the word of God today? Come on, somebody. So thankful to be in God's presence and in God's house today. Today we're going to talk about living a life of gratitude, living a life of gratitude. And I'm going to share with you four keys from the perspectives of three people in the Bible on how we can live a life of gratitude. We're going to dig into the Word of God and we're going to jump into Psalms because Psalms talks about thankfulness. And we all know that Thanksgiving, it's not so much a time just to eat food. I mean I mean, we do eat a lot of food and food is great, right? Anybody like food in the room? Everybody like food in the room. Like I love food. Um, My favorite Thanksgiving food is pecan pie. I don't know what yours is, but mine is pecan pie, and I didn't get any. So if anybody wants to bring me a pecan pie this week, just hit me up. Uh, I'll give you our address. You can stop by the house. My wife would absolutely love that um, because life is going good with us, and I just would love some pecan pie. Um, If you're online, so thankful you're with us. Drop in what your favorite Thanksgiving Day food is as well. Well, today uh, we're going to dig into the Word of God. Psalms 9 says this, It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my half heart. No, it says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. My whole heart. That's what we're supposed to do with all of our heart. Give thanks to the Lord. And then the psalmist goes on to say, I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I'm not going to overlook the wonderful things you've done for me, God. But I'm going to recount them all. And then he goes on to say, I will be glad and I will exalt in you. What he's saying is I will praise you. I will sing praise to your name. That's what we have to do, church. Point number one, if you're taking notes today, in order to live a life of gratitude, we have to recognize the goodness of God. How many of you are thankful for God's goodness? You're thankful for God's faithfulness. You're thankful that God came to our earth and died on the cross and rose again to give us brand new life. And he's creating a place for us in heaven so that we can spend eternity with us. We should recognize the goodness of God. Amen? Truth is, is God has given us so much. He Everything we have and need in life is because of the goodness of God. God's word says that the earth is his, in the fullness thereof is his. Everything in the earth is God's. Everything you have, it's because God allowed you to have it, allowed us to have it. Matter of fact, God is, I believe, the most taken for granted person on the planet. Truth is, is God is so good. He's done so many things for us, but we overlook him so. Often, biblical case in point number one today is the children of Israel. You see, the children of Israel, thousands of years ago, they found themselves in Egyptian slavery. They found themselves in Egyptian bondage. Their their children actually were raised up in Egyptian slavery. It was a terrible time in the history of the world. And they were raised up in slavery, and they would die in slavery, they would be born again. And if you've ever, um, you know, seen the pyramids and the sphinxes, that's what God's chosen people who had a promise on their life from Abraham, they spent all their days making pyramids and all that stuff in Egyptian slavery and in bondage. It was a horrible time. And God inserted His, his hand into history after 400 years of them being in slavery. And God miraculously delivered his people from the hand of Pharaoh. And they walked through the Red Sea to their freedom, to their destination, and into their promise because God is a good God, because God always is faithful to keep his promises. And while the Israelites were in their freedom, no longer in slavery, they were walking around in the wilderness and God was their provider. When they got hungry, manna from the sky or bread from the sky began to fall down so that they could eat. When they wanted meat, God gave them meat from the sky as well. He caused water to come out of a rock. He was their God. Was their literal GPS? He was their cloud by day in the hot desert sun, so that they wouldn't um, so that they wouldn't overheat their bodies. He was their their fire by night whenever it got cold. God did so many things for them. Matter of fact, not a single person got bitten by a snake or a scorpion for forty years as they wandered through the wilderness. Their clothes never wore out. God literally provided for them. He split the Jordan River, he did so many things for his people, but yet his chosen people, instead of being grateful for the things that God had done for them, they began to grumble and they began to complain to God so much so, and they asked God to actually take them back to Egypt in slavery rather than walking in the freedom and the purpose and the destiny that God had for them. They were in the freedom of God. And rather than being grateful for what God was doing, they began to grumble and get upset. They complained because they didn't like the way that the food tasted or the schedule on which it arrived. They actually complained one time because or many times actually because of the way the water tasted. Anybody ever done that at a restaurant? Complained about the water? Yep, that's this is me all the time. I'm a water connoisseur, trust me. Um I, You can ask my wife. Um, He provided, um, he did so many things for them, but they complained. One time they actually wanted to kill Moses, the man who helped deliver them from slavery because they were so upset with it. They got impatient, waiting for the Ten Commandments, so impatient that they built their own golden calf and began to worship another idol because they were upset with it. They complained about their blessings rather than recognizing the goodness of God, and they were quick to forget the goodness of God and place their grumbling above their gratefulness, walking around in the grace and the freedom of God, grumbling and complaining. I know that's nobody here in this room, right? Like no one in here complains. No one in here grumbles. But the truth is, is we often walk around in the freedom that God has given us, the grace that God has given us And we get upset sometimes with God because life isn't going the way we expected or life isn't going the way we anticipated. So we complain about what we don't have rather than focusing on what we do have because we always want more. Truth be told, we always want more. We want more friends or more popularity. We want this car or that car, or we go on vacation, but wish our vacation was like that family's vacation. We wish we could have a bigger house or a better job or more money. And our single people wish they had a spouse. But the truth is, is if you're a single person and you don't love yourself, you won't respect your spouse enough. And some of our spouses, let's be honest, we wish we were alone because your spouse drives you nuts, Not my wife. My wife's amazing. Um, We always want something more. (laughs) But truth is, life isn't about what you have or what you don't have, it's about happiness. And the more studies that researchers do, they actually find out that happiness doesn't come from having more things or or having the most. Happiness comes from those who make the most of everything. Maybe what you need in your life isn't the next level of accomplishment or the next level of accumulation, but it's the next level of appreciation. So when God gets you to where he wants to get you, you'll actually begin to appreciate him more for the things that he gives you. Does that make sense for anyone in this room? And the truth is today and every day is if you grow in gifts, but you don't grow in gratitude, what have you gained? If God gives it to you, but you don't know how to handle it, it won't make you happy. And this is where the children of Israel were at. They were in the provision and in the hand and in the goodness of God and unhappy, overlooking the provider looking to the promised land that they they wanted to occupy. They wanted the promised land more than they wanted the provider. I don't know nobody in here in this room wants that. I mean, we're so filled with prayers for our own requests. God, I love you, but I want this. And God, I love you, but I need this. God, I love you, but I need this. And we want the things of God and the promises of God more than we want the presence of God. And this is where the Israelites were at in our story. They were living in entitlement and not gratefulness. And the truth is, is gratitude begins when entitlement ends. Their entitlement outweighed their gratitude. They were walking around acting like they deserved their freedom or like they earned their freedom or they did something to set themselves free. But truth is today is they didn't do anything to set themselves free. God did everything because he's a good God. And truth is, is for us in this room, we didn't do anything to shake ourselves free because of what Christ did on the cross. We all now stand in the freedom and the grace of God. And we just recognize him for his goodness and for his faithfulness today. The Israelites, they were so blinded to the blesser that the miracles that were happening all around them couldn't be seen as a blessing and they began to get upset with God. And God knew that if they couldn't be grateful for the provision in the wilderness, that there was no way they could handle the promise. Because if you're not faithful with little, God's not gonna give you much. Learn how to handle your life in the season that you're in right now. Because happiness isn't produced by possessions or produced by the season you're in. It's produced as a posture of your heart because I've met people with far less than I have that are far more grateful than I am. Which brings me to my point too. We have to learn to thank God even though. When I was in El Salvador for a missions trip or any time I've gone on missions trips, I've seen God do um, amazing things, but it's actually really struck me on how happy people are. When I was in El Salvador, um, we were walking through the dirty streets of El Salvador and I was just struck by the kids who had nothing, but they were so happy and elated and excited just to see us or just that we were even walking down the street. We were doing some ministry and I was with the pastor that I was with who spoke both English and Spanish. And we walked into this house and in this house, there was a trash can in the, in the living room. It was really a barrel that set about this high and it was completely full with water. I looked at it and I was like, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's odd. And when we walked out after praying with the family, I asked our interpreter, I said, um, I said, what was that barrel doing in the middle of the Living room that was full of water. It didn't look like they had a leak in the roof or anything. He said, That barrel gets full close to the top once a week, and every day the kids bathe in it. The dad takes a bath first, then the six kids take a bath, and then the mom takes a bath. And they were so elated and excited that they got to fill their barrel up the day before. And I think to myself, We're so entitled in this nation. We're so entitled. These kids had nothing, but they were so excited. We would walk the dirty streets and and kids would be playing soccer with flat soccer balls. And we can't even play volleyball in our youth group unless the volleyball is the right one. I'm just being honest. I remember when we were in El Salvador, we actually started playing with bubbles and kids came out from the woodworks. I mean, kids were coming from everywhere. And one of our students packed a bubble machine to the airport. I have no idea how it made it to El Salvador. And there was bubbles everywhere through this little bubble machine. And, And kids were going, they were just going bananas for it. And I asked our interpreter, I said, what's making them so happy? And our interpreter said, she said, this is the first time these kids have ever seen bubbles in their entire life. Just excited for the little things in life that we take for granted on a daily basis because they're content with where they're at in life. See, gratitude doesn't come with accumulation and stuff. It comes from a posture of our heart. You know, if you're new to CLC or if you're a longtime CLC or we support a ministry in Eswatini um, in our God-sized vision. And I'm so awestruck every time I see pictures or videos of of the kids and the pastors in Eswatini as we're planting churches and God is doing amazing things because they always look happy. They always look excited like God is doing something. And you know, their churches are basically huts in the middle of a field without any pews or seats. And the truth is, is we often leave churches because we get upset or because it's not in the right place we need it to be or because, I don't know, we have to walk a little bit away in the parking lot to get here or if the seat isn't padded or perfect, we're just gonna move on to another church or to a new place that fits our bill. But our our, our church, our partnership in Eswatini, they're just excited that they have a church. They're just excited to worship God. They're just excited that they can come together as a body of believers and be grateful for the things they have and focus upon God. You see, we have to learn in our day and age how to be thankful even though. You see, it's hard to be thankful even though. It's easy to be thankful, however, when we have enough. But what happens when we've been dealt a difficult blow? Case point number two is a man named David. In the Bible, David is an incredible man. He's a worshiper. He's a warrior. He's a king. He's a shepherd boy. He's a giant slayer. David did some incredible things for the kingdom of God and for the hand of God. David did some amazing things. And David um, was in a season of his life where he was anointed to be king, but he was running for his life because the current king wanted him dead. And David writes a song while he's running and fearing for his life. He writes a song and he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, David thanked God in all seasons of his life. He wrote so many songs being thankful for the greatness and the goodness of God. He wrote songs when he was a shepherd boy. He wrote songs when he was on the run for his life. He wrote songs when he was walking through the valley of the shadow of death because it's difficult to thank God even though. Now, it's easy to thank God for the provision. It's easy to thank God when God is giving us good stuff. It's so easy to be thankful when life is going great. It's easy to thank God in the palace. It's easy to thank God with the crown on your head. But what about when you're in the pasture watching sheep in that season? Or maybe you're in a cave all alone. Let's be honest. It's hard to thank God even though. It's hard to thank God when you've been overlooked or forgotten about. It's hard to thank God when you have been dealt a hard blow or you've lost a loved one. I know your pain. I've been there. It's difficult. It's not easy. But we have to be thankful even though. Blank. What's your blank today? What's your even though blank? Even though I'm struggling with this, I'm still going to recognize God's goodness. I'm still going to be thankful because even though it's when all hell can be breaking loose in your life, but you're still thankful, even though your heart is broken, even though I lost some people, even though I'm going through it, even though this, even though that, what kind of Christians are we gonna be? Are we only going to thank God for the provision? Are we only going to thank God for the miracles? Are we only going to thank God when he's doing good stuff for us? Or are we going to thank God when I can't see the evidence of his presence, I'm still just going to be thankful for him? Or are we going to thank God in the presence of our insecurities, in the presence of our deficiencies, in the presence of our addictions or our confusions, or in what I've lost? Or maybe in the presence of what if I don't make it? Will you praise God then? Will you thank God then? Will you be grateful then? Because living a life of gratitude doesn't happen only when life is going great. It happens not only when the miracles are happening or when the abundance happens, but it happens when you've been busted up, abandoned, overlooked, you're broke. Can you be thankful then? Can you be grateful then? Listen, I'll be honest. I'm the best at throwing a hissy fit. Like my coffee place can close five minutes early and it ruins my day. Ask my wife. I mean, I'm the best at it. Or I I honestly, this this is so stupid, but I can walk in a store and if the line is too long to check out, I will walk out of that store and drive back home. I'm the best at throwing hissy fits. I'm the best at letting things upset me. I'm not perfect today. I'm not But we have to learn to thank God even though. Even though I'm going through a tough circumstance. I'm going to thank him. Even though life is hard, I'm going to worship him. Worship him even though. Rejoice even though. Which brings me to my next point. We have to remember to rejoice. This is another one that's easy to do when life is going great. When life is going smooth. It's easy to remember to rejoice but it's also easy to forget. It's so easy to forget, to rejoice. We're so quick to forget the blessings that God has often give us. Give us. So I wanna tell you what I did yesterday and um, I'll spin it into even today too. So yesterday uh, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank God for everything that happened, like every little thing that happens in my day for like, and it lasted like five minutes because it just did. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Can I be honest today? You guys awake this morning? All right. So I woke up and I looked over at my beautiful wife and I thought, God, I'm so thankful for my beautiful wife. She is awesome. God, I'm so thankful for the bed I'm laying in. It's comfortable. Anybody like, like sleep? I love naps in Jesus. Come on, somebody. And... Um, I looked over at my dog, and even though she's annoying, she's amazing, I was thankful for my dog, and I walked into the bathroom, and I flipped the light switch on, and no sooner am I walking through our bathroom, I go, forgot to thank God. God, thank you for the light switch. So I stood there in the bathroom, turning the light switch on and off. And I'm like, this is magic. Like, we just take it for granted that we can just flip the light switch on, the lights come on. And then I begin to wash my face and I'm like, wow, water comes out of the sink. Like, I don't even know how this happens. I just do one thing and wow, water. God, thank you so much. And then I seen my sister's suitcase laying in the floor and I was like, that's odd in the bathroom floor, but I'm so grateful that my sister's with us this Thanksgiving. I don't get to see my family very often, so I thanked God, and then I walked out, and I see my mom, and I'm like, oh, God, it's so amazing that my mom is here, and I haven't seen my mom in like four months, and they're here for Thanksgiving, and I began to thank God for the little things, and I began to get my purebred coffee. Anybody like coffee? Where are my coffee lovers at? Come on, somebody. I know you got coffee while I'm preaching. Somebody got to keep you up. Anyways, um, I began to like you know, pour my purebred coffee, and I was like, God, thank you for my coffee. This is amazing. Oh, thank you for the cup that my coffee goes in and the water that was used to brew my coffee and the beans are amazing. And thank you for the grinder that grinded down the beans. And then I began to thank God for people all around the world who planted my coffee bean into the ground. And I just begin to have a praise report because I'm getting amped and jacked on caffeine, drinking coffee, and I'm just excited. And I begin to open up the word of God and I begin to thank God for his word, and I begin to thank God for for who He is and what He does and the promises that He gives us on a daily basis. And then I get into my car even today and I go from point A to point B and I'm thankful that I have fuel enough in my vehicle to make it here to church this morning. And then I walk into this place and the worship team begins to lead us into God's presence. And I go, God, I'm remembering today to lift my hands and rejoice for all the things that you have given me because you have done some amazing things. And when we begin to focus on the little things and are thankful for even the smallest of things, the things that could annoy us and little nuances throughout the day that could throw our me a hissy fit, they begin to get smaller and smaller because my focus isn't so much on what I don't have. I'm focused on what I do have. And that's a key to gratitude too, is focus on what you've got. Don't focus on what you don't have. Because if you only focus on the pieces you're missing, you will be so ungrateful in life. But if you focus on the pieces that God has given you and know that God has made you into a masterpiece, you will remember to rejoice in all seasons and in all circumstances. Even for the little things in life we take for granted for every day, we have to remember to rejoice. Come on, somebody. We have to remember to rejoice every day. And that's exactly the kind of person David was. Thanked God for the most basic things. You see, David thanked God for his family David thanked God for the anointing. David thanked God for his friends. He thanked God for his protection. He thanked God for his provision. He thanked God for the victory. He thanked God for the crown. He thanked God in the pasture. He thanked God for his presence. This is the basis of praise is thank you for the blank. Our parents in the room know this better than anyone. You try to teach your kids at a young age to be thankful, right? Like, thank you, mom, mom. You teach your kids, thank you, mom, for the food you cooked. It tasted great. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Paige, for cleaning the house. It looks beautiful. Thank you, God, for the air in my lungs. It keeps me alive. Thank you, God, for my limbs. They're helpful. Thank you, God, for the sun that is shining down today. It's amazing. Don't be like the Israelites. And forget God's faithfulness. Don't overlook God today. Let me ask you this, though. Anybody in the room ever overlooked God? Let me ask it in another way. Anybody ever forgotten to pay a utility bill before? This ain't me. My hand's down. They get paid all the time. My wife told me yesterday, she said, it's because I pay them. <laughs> she's, she's being completely honest. Um, you see, if you forget to pay your electric bill and you forget to recognize their faithfulness and you forget to appreciate them, they'll send you a letter in the mail that says something like this, pass due on it. And they're reminding you to remember their faithfulness and to appreciate them. And if you fail to appreciate them, they'll shut your power off. I'm so glad God doesn't shut his power off to us when we forget to bless him. Remember to rejoice. That's what gratitude is. It's appreciating God's faithfulness. So today, let's do some thank yous. Thank you, God, for my eyesight. Good. Thank you, God, for the hair on my head. Not everybody who preaches up here has hair on their head. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the roof over our head. We get to sit in church today. Thank you, God, for my padded pew. It sure is comfortable. Thank you, Lord, for my wife who encourages me and sits on the front row. Thank you for our family we got to spend with on Thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for my family. They got to spend this weekend with us. I don't get to see them very often. Thank you, God, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I'm not a bandwagon hopper. I love Tampa Bay and the Super Bowl that they won last year. I would say thank you, God, for Ohio State. But (laughs) in the name of Jesus, I'm sorry. Thank you, God, for the Arkansas Razorbacks. That's where I'm from. No one understands that one, but that's okay. We have to be thankful to God even for the smallest of things. And if you're not thankful for what you've got, how can you be thankful for what you're going to get? You see, once you begin to take note of the things that you're grateful for, you begin to lose sight for the things that you don't have. And gratitude, it turns what we have into enough. Being ungrateful can suck the life out of you. So don't waste your time complaining about what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Because God has never stopped being good. Truth is, is we've just stopped being grateful We have, we have. So some more thank yous. Thank you God for the running water that came out of my sink like magic. Thank you for the people in my life who believed in me and didn't give up on me. Thank you for the heated building we're in today because I hate the cold and it is cold outside today. Thank you for the freedom to worship in a place where we're not persecuted. God, thank you, right? For my brothers and sisters in Christ at CLC who were helping me worship and praise God today, I'm grateful for that today. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're thankful today. Matter of fact, tell them one other thing you're thankful for about your day or about your life. Go ahead, share with them. Tell them something like, I thank God for the finances I've got. I thank God for the money to pay my rent. I thank God for the money to pay my mortgage. Or I thank God for the sunshine. Or I thank God for my coffee that I was able to afford this week. Come on, gratitude without practice is a little like faith without works. We got to thank God even for his presence that's in this place because this is a season where we have to remember to rejoice, to remember to be thankful. Perhaps happiness isn't about an accumulation of things, it's about an appreciation of things. What are you appreciating? How are you appreciating it? Because this world doesn't market appreciation on us. No sooner did we just have Thanksgiving and shared all the things we're grateful for and thankful for that we fill up our shopping carts on Black Friday with stuff we don't really need because we just want more and more and more. Psalms 34, David says, I will praise the Lord at all times. You see, Psalms 34, David writes that psalm when he's actually on the run for his life. You see, David runs into a city called Gath. Bad idea. I'll tell you why. He runs into a city called Gath, running from King Saul. And the people at Gath begin to find out this is the guy that knocked down Goliath, who was from Gath. And they begin to run David out. And David is on the run from his life, running from Gath and hiding from Saul. And he writes this song in that exact season. I will praise the Lord at all times, not just in the good times, but in all times, even when life isn't going great. You know, another man in the Bible, in the New Testament, which is our third person today, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Remember to rejoice. See, Paul didn't just, he didn't just say it. He actually lived it out. In Acts, there's a story about when Paul and Silas walked into a city and they walked into the city and they encountered a woman who was a victim of human trafficking. And she was actually a demon possessed woman. And Paul and Silas, Encounter this woman and through the hand and the power of God begin to pray for this woman, and this woman is set free from all the demons in her life. And the people in the city get so upset with Paul that they drag him through the city to the courtyard and they begin to put accusations against Paul and they begin to beat him with rods and begin to whip him with whips. And they actually take Paul and Silas and they shackle they put them in jail in the inner jail cell. Scripture says they shackle their hands and their feet in the stocks. They're in the worst place they could ever be. They've been beaten, left for dead, and now are in jail by worshiping and doing the will and the Promise of God, which just shows me that just because we're Christians, just because you're a Christian, doesn't mean that you get an easy life. And Paul was sitting in that jail cell with Silas. Nightfall began to, to happen, and at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to rejoice. They begin to sing praise to God. And maybe, just maybe, if you praise God in tough circumstances, some of the chains that are holding holding you back can be broken off of your life. Because as Paul and Silas began to remember to rejoice, God heard them. They weren't asking God to deliver them. They weren't asking for God to, to, to shake them free. They were just worshiping God and rejoicing for the great things God had done in their life. And as they began to do that, scripture says that an earthquake happened and the chains and shackles on their hands and feet began to fall off and the prison doors swung wide open as they were rejoicing. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life, which leads me to my final point. Living a life of gratitude means we have to learn to appreciate all seasons. See, Paul, the writer in First Thessalonians, he actually wrote this passage not from a place of ease either. Paul was actually in jail again and again for doing the will of God. He'd been beaten, he'd been stoned. At one time, Paul was shipwrecked, left for dead, found himself on an island with nomads, got bitten by a snake. But Paul still writes, be thankful in all circumstances for it's God's will for your life. It's easy to appreciate the good seasons. It's easy to appreciate the smooth seasons. But what about the hard seasons? Because Paul, yes, he appreciated God when he was traveling the world, preaching and proclaiming the gospel. Paul laid hands on people who were healed Paul impacted this world in a powerful way. He expanded the reach of the gospel to the uttermost all by himself. He learned to praise God when there were thousands of people listening to him, but he also gave thanks to God even when he was eating prison food because he appreciated all seasons of life because Paul knew something that some of us overlook so much is that there are things that happen in the hard seasons and in the prison that couldn't be produced anywhere else. And Paul knew in the prison, God is producing something in me. He is giving me a new level of faith. He is giving me a new level of understanding. So I'm still going to do what I always do. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to rejoice in him. And I'm going to write letters to encourage all the churches that I have helped plant so that I can encourage our church today, 2,000 years later. We're still reading the writings of Paul and what he did while in the prison because we gotta learn to appreciate all seasons of life. Truth is, is you don't have to feel grateful to be grateful. We gotta give thanks in all circumstances. Another way to put it is this, when things go wrong, give thanks. Not for what went wrong, but in the midst of the things going wrong. Be thankful, even if life isn't what you expected even if your business has taken a hit, or for students if school isn't going the way you wanted it to go. Appreciate the good things. Focus on the things you should focus on. See, we don't thank God just for the storm. We thank God in the storm because it means his presence is always with us. For us here in this room today, we all have Jesus. We all have Jesus and his presence. And that's one thing we can always be thankful for. Not that he always changes the circumstances, but what I've learned in tough circumstances is maybe it's not the situation I'm praying. I'm like, God, please change this circumstance. Please change this situation. I've learned that God doesn't always change the circumstance or fix the circumstance the way I want him to. It's in those seasons that I look at my own life and see God, you're trying to fix me in the middle of this circumstance. What are you producing in this season in me? How am I gonna view things and look at things? This summer, our students went to the National Fine Arts Festival where they did an amazing job, church. They did an incredible job, represented our church so well. And while, while we were there, one of the evenings we decided to go to Disney Springs. Anybody like Disney World here? Come on, I don't care if you're old or young. Anybody like Disney World in this place? Disney's awesome. Heaven's better though. So um, I've not been to heaven, but one day. Um, and we were gonna go to Disney Springs and I was looking at the forecast of the weather in, in, our, in, in our bedroom. And the forecast was in Florida, rain. And um, I got really upset. I was really, really miserable. I walked into our common area just like, this is gonna be the worst like experience in my life. And all the kids, all the students were excited. I mean, they were elated. They were overjoyed that we were going to Disney Springs. So we get into the van and we're like driving to Disney Springs, just Disney Springs, not even Disney World, okay? Just Disney Springs. And we're driving to Disney Springs. We're passing all these Disney signs and Disney stuff. And and then rain and the kids are just excited. They're just like doing backflips. They're going bananas. And they're just like, woo, Disney Springs. I'm like, rain. And... um. Rain begins to hit my windshield. Now I begin to look at the rain. And out of that same windshield, the students were looking at Disney Springs. You see, they were looking at where we were going. I was looking at the windshield. I ask you a question today. In your life, what are you focusing on? What's your perspective? Are you looking at the rain on your windshield? Are you looking at what's hitting your windshield? Or are you looking at your destination? Where is God taking you? Where is he getting you? What are you focusing on? Change your perspective today. You see, we've heard it said like this, faith without works is dead. Earlier I said, and I heard a quote this week, gratitude without practice is dead we have to put gratitude into action. So that's exactly what we're gonna do this morning. If you would stand up on your feet all across this place. Today, we as a church congregation are going to recognize the good things that God has done for us. We're gonna sing a song that's called The Goodness of God. And as we sing it, I encourage you to lift your hands, to close your eyes, to worship, and to focus on God, recognize God's goodness. I don't know what season of life you're going through today, but thank God even though, remember to rejoice him here in just a second. Can we do that church? Can we rejoice him? And appreciate all seasons of life. Let me pray over you before we go into the song. And I just encourage you to lift your hands as I pray. We don't have to rejoice just to music. We can rejoice even right now. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the life that you have given us. God, we are so grateful for the gift of your son, Jesus. We are so grateful that we can rejoice and praise your name, God. You are a good God. You are creator. You are alpha. You are omega. You are alive and seated well. And today we are focusing on you. We're putting our perspective on you today and on the good things that you have done in our life and the things that you are going to do in the season of life that we are walking in. So today we will praise you and we will worship you and we will remember your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's worship God while you're standing. Come on.
1: I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. For all my days, I've been held in your hand. From the moment that i wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life I have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so. the goodness of God. All my life You have been faithful. All my life You have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will see of the goodness. Your goodness around it after It's running after me. Your goodness around it after is running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender.
0: church. Can we worship Him today and every day? Oh, you can do better than that. He has given us so much. Are you thankful today? Oh, come on. Are you thankful today? Man, it is It has been so good to be in God's house today, church. I am so thankful for you. So thankful for your faithfulness. So thankful that you came today after this Thanksgiving holiday. God has awesome things uh, that he's doing in our church and in your life. Share with somebody right around you what you're thankful for. Let them know you're thankful for them. Church, I am thankful for you. If you're watching online today, drop something in the chat about what you're thankful for. Church, I hope you have an amazing day today. You are dismissed. We love you guys. Have a great day.